live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. It's uh, that time of year, we're, we're wrapping up the year, we're kind of sliding in to uh, the end of 2021. We still got yeah. uh, plenty of cool stuff to show you on this Ask an Engineer show, next hour full of hacking, making, software engineering, coding, videoing, and more. Um, we're broadcasting here from the Adafruit factory in downtown Manhattan. We're not wearing masks because nobody else is around. We're keeping it safe, but at this moment, yeah, we're the only do, two people here. I have to do those announcements to make sure yeah. we're setting a good example, but also we like being transparent, telling everybody how we're running this thing here in New York City. All right, so why don't we kick it off, Mr. Lady, to tell them what's on tonight's show. On tonight's show, the code is Resurrections, and the reason why is... So as soon as we're done with the show tonight, we're going to go and watch um, The Matrix 4 Resurrections. So uh, that's the code. It'll help me remember the uh, what date it is and stuff like that. So that's the code. 10% off in Adafruit all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Because I can stay up late tonight. Watch The Matrix. And Adafruit Live series of shows. We're going to be talking about what we do during the week here and more, including show and tell. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, news going on in the maker world, engineering world, and more. Help wanted. We're going to stop by the Adafruit Jobs Board, jobs.adafruit.com, where you can post your skills. Or if you're a company, hire the best people in the world because that's where they're hanging out, on the Adafruit site. We've got some made in New York City factory footage, some 3D printing, including a cool speed up video. We got INMPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. We got a cool one this week from TDK. Got some new products, got some top secret. We're gonna answer your questions. That's right. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. We can join all 32,000 of us. We can hang out all the time. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay, Lady Ada, so let's uh, do one little quick thing um, and then we'll uh, get into paying the bills and more. So we do these every couple of weeks or so. Uh, the uh, spike is back here in New York City. So back in October, uh, we purchased a ton of rabbit tests because we're like, hey, this isn't over. There's gonna be a spike probably right before Christmas. And here we are. It's not even fun to predict the future anymore because you're just trapped in this glass ball. So uh, we've been able to get our team members rapid tests while they're waiting for some of the longer line tests here in New York now, because it's back to that. Um, so far, so good. We haven't had anyone uh, test positive. There are some people in the external uh, circles, like households of family members or friends, or they go to an event and something comes up. So it shields up again. We've been wearing masks um, even before all of this. We decided, let's just do that anyways. All the team members are vaccinated. Everyone has paid time off for boosters and more, also flu shots. And so that's how we've been running stuff and it's been working out for us, but I understand not every company is the same as Adafruit. So um, in New York, some of the things that we decided to do was we had three events we can go to. We decided to only go to one. It was our visit her folks um, because out of all the things, that was the only one that was important to us. So we just minimized our risk profile. Yep. And who cares? There's always, there's things that we could do later for sure, but seeing friends, family, um, especially uh, when it was a trip that we needed to take, we haven't taken for a long time, that was when we said, well, this is how we'll spend our risk. And we have COVID tests and everything. We're all boosted. So that's what we're doing. That's what a lot of the folks at Adafruit are doing. So if you ever have any questions about how we're doing stuff, you can always email me, PT at Adafruit, and we have no problem sharing all the stuff we're doing because we're still here, still standing. Speaking of, if you want to purchase stuff that will go directly into our employees' paychecks because we're about to do our profit sharing bonus for the end of the year, you can also get free stuff. Lady Ada, what do they get for free when they're shopping on the Adafruit site? I'm glad you asked. We still have our pink feather promotion going on. Um, if you order $99 or more, you get a free pink Feather RP2040, and this adorable board is just like our RP2040 feather, but it's in pink. How can you not love that? 149 or more, you get a free STEM IQT board. We have a couple different ones in stock. Um, depending on uh, whether you, if you make an account, we'll make sure to send you a different one each time. Otherwise it's random and we've got like, you know, sensors and controllers and uh, accelerometers and, and drivers and ADCs and stuff like that. Um, 
UPS ground shipping is free for orders of $199 or more. That's free ground shipping in the continental United States. $299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground. Blue Fruit, we're still waiting on our Circuit Playground Express parts to come in to finish making another batch of CPXs. But in the meantime, we'll give you a CPB instead, which uh, has Bluetooth low energy and runs the NRF52 840, great for wireless projects. Okay, and don't forget, the holiday schedule is here. Go to adafruit.com. It's all over the site constantly, always, forever. Basically, it's December 22nd. Good luck uh, getting anything anytime before Christmas. Um, but please continue placing your orders. We'll let you know exactly when anything's going to ship. Um, just make sure you know that it probably will not get there by Saturday. You could try, but probably not. And it's something that's outside our control. So we do a live series of shows. Um, we just did show and tell. We had um, some Adafruit folks. We had uh, Tim from the guy. We had Liz. Um, we had some retro stuff. Yeah. And more. And then uh, Jepler showed a project, Birdbath, IoT Birdbath. And then um, we also discussed teapots that were rendered. Yes. So do check this out. And non rendered. And non rendered. And then uh, I was talking about our idea. Oh, my idea. Um, sometimes I have to take I have to take the blame and or credit for some of these. I thought we could call IoT things wicked smart because we just got back from Boston. And instead of calling it machine learning or AI or computing on the edge or tiny ML, we would just say, oh, that thing over there is wicked smart. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you could tune in for all this uh, excitement and my uh, ideas and more <laughs> on Sundays. You have great ideas. Yeah. On Sundays, uh, we do Desk of Lady Ada. Lady Ada, we do part one and part two. What was part one of Desk of Lady Ada on? Oh, sorry. We didn't do it on Sunday. We did it on Monday. Yeah, Monday because um, we were out of town on Sunday. Uh, so Desk of Lady Ada, I showed off the um, final Rev, Rev C of the TFT ESP32 S2 Feather. Um, fixed a couple things with the power supply and shut off my power analysis test where I um, go into ultra low power mode, um, light sleep mode, and uh, normal mode, so showing that I can get down to 80 microamps of current. Okay, then we do a segment called The Great Search, and this is uh, kind of the more popular thing we do now because uh, there is a part shortage, and you showed a, show how to find parts. What what did you try to find this week? Um, okay, what I found uh, this week was uh, for the Scorpio board, I needed an eight channel, Scorpio. three to five volt logic level shifter. And uh, I wanted one that had TTL inputs. Um, I wanted one uh, that was very, very small. And so I showed how, when I was designing the board, how I spec'd and located um, the correct uh, logic level shifter. And uh, it, I, hopefully I'll get the board put together. I'll make sure it works. But, right. um, you know, picking out TTL logic is a couple uh, tricks, trip, tips and tricks. So I talked about this. Okay. And folks should stay tuned to the top secret because we have a new board announcement that we're, yeah. we're going to show off. Scorpio. Yes. It's a new board. Yes. Manafruit. Okay. Yes. Uh, JP's product pick of the week on a hiatus this week because JP is on vacation. So do tune in to JP's show next week. And or the week after, uh, check your local listings, as they say in the biz. Um, but we have a, a little neat uh, snippet. Uh, I'm going to play these back to back. One is from JP's workshop show. This is a macro pad thing that he was working on. And then I'm going to show the latest Parsec. That's where we show some cool circuit Python based projects, code, and more that JP shares with the community. So I'll see you on the other side. First up, JP workshop highlight, and then circuit. Python a parsec. CircuitPython Parsec, I wanted to show you how you can use pretty much any GPIO pin on your microcontroller as a ground pin. Why would you want to do this? Well, sometimes you want to plug things in, like you can see here I've got 
couple of LEDs with resistors plugged in, and they're on either side of a little cutie pie board. Uh, there's only one pin marked as ground on this. Point at it right there. That's the ground pin. Well, you can't share that too easily with a couple of these leads. If you're going into a breadboard, great, but sometimes you just have header pins on your board and you want to plug things into them. What you can do in this case, if you don't want to kind of crowd things in, is pick another available GPIO pin and set it at a low value, which essentially acts as a ground. Now, this isn't uh, as high a current ground as the ground ground pin, so you only want to use this for things like LEDs and buttons and switches, nothing higher current. But it works really easily and really well, so watch this. You can see here in my code, I'm setting up uh, by importing the library for board and digital I.O. Then for this red LED, I'm simply setting the pin that the uh, high side is plugged into, which in this case I'm plugging into the RX pin. So I set that to be a digital in-out pin with the direction set to output, and I set the value to true. It lights it up because it's setting that pin high. So we're getting three volts out of that roughly. On this other side, what I'm gonna do is same sort of thing. I'll set up one of the pins, in this case the TX pin, for the high side of the LED, the positive side. But then to fake a ground, what I'm doing here is I've created a variable called fake ground pin. And here I'm setting up a digital pin. It's a GPIO pin A1 in this case. Uh, and I'm setting its direction to output, but then I'm keeping its value low. I'm setting the value to false. This essentially acts as a ground pin. So if I hit save now, what you can see is our green LED lights up as well, even though I didn't have to clutter things up by using a single ground pin. And so that is how you can fake a ground pin on your microcontroller inside of CircuitPython. And this has been your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, on Friday, there's not going to be a deep dive with Scott. However, However, Funny Guy Tim is going to be taking over that slot for this Friday and possibly next Friday. So stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTube, to our Twitch, to our LinkedIn, to our Facebook, our Meta. And uh, let's see what else. I think it's live on Twitter as well. Probably a couple of places. But do check that out. Time travel. Let's look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, news that's going on, and stuff that we have to deal with um, on a regular basis that, um, you know, I just got to deal with sometimes. So, uh, as a service to the entire community out there, on adafruit.com slash NFT, by the way, we don't do NFTs. These are, it's a gallery of nice, friendly t-shirts. Um, we have text for those of you who do things like public speaking, or those of you who do live streams, or those of you who have to sign photo releases for all sorts of stuff. And the reason why we have this text up there is because there's lots of times where someone will take your photo or have you in a video, and then all of a sudden you wake up and now you're an NFT. And we knew this was coming, and for years, even before there was such thing as NFT, or it was wasn't even called NFTs. We always make sure that we had our um, uh, intellectual property lawyers look at anything that our Lady Ada or me or our team has to sign. And so basically we put the text up. So adafruit.com slash NFT, scroll down to the bottom, past the amazing t-shirts that our team has that they collect. And uh, take a look, the, the short version, or I'll just read it. Speaker specifically reserves her rights of publicity and privacy and expressly prohibits the use of her name, image, and likeness apart from use in the live session. And works created promote the live session. Videographer, photographer, streamer may not license the content for use in advertising or marketing of a unrelated party's products and services without prior written consent. So basically, it's just like, hey, just talk to us before you do something. And uh, no matter what we do, uh, so we got blamed for, I'll get to that in a second. We got blamed for Radio Shack. Uh, we didn't buy Radio Shack. We get blamed for everything, because why not? Uh, woman online, blame her. Um, super so, fun. Yeah, super fun. And that's what a lot of dudes are doing. So anyways, we have this, and instead of just being um, mean and crummy and trying to dunk on people, we're trying to do a um, helpful thing, which is this is text that we use. It's not legal advice, but it's text we use. This will probably save you 
uh, later. Um, so I've been reaching out to some of the folks who are a little surprised to find themselves uh, for sale for ETH. And uh, so far, so good. It's been working out. Uh, next up, this is from Q. Q's in Texas. Uh, she just moved uh, from New York to Texas, and she sent me this thing. She just wants to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Adafruit. Uh, this quality is a friend of mine. So I just wanted to put this on her. I said, hey, can I put this on our show? And she said, yeah. Next up, adafruit.com forward slash cats of engineering. And now has an RSS feed. Yes. Because that's what we do. Um, really excited about that. If you need help with that, you can email me, pt at adafruit.com. This is a screenshot of my newsreader for my Mac that I happen to like, which is NetNewsWire. Reminder, we did not buy Radio Shack. We have nothing to do with RadioShack.com. Please stop blaming us online for anything to do with Radio Shack. We have nothing to do with it. We interview the new owners of Radio Shack every couple of years because there's always new owners of Radio Shack every couple of years. This is my sign. It's from this sign that we bought off the side of a Radio Shack that got scrapped because, you know, Radio Shacks went out of business a few years ago, and it says hack, and that's the back of my desk. So anyways, nothing to do with it. Cool sign. Didn't buy them. Stop blaming us. Y'all are jerks. You're the mean guys online. Stop it. Move on. Okay, um, this is from 1999, Lady Ada. We're going to get this running. This is your, uh, you have a text adventure that you made. For Blake? 6001. It was the final, final uh, project for freshman computer science class. I uh, wrote a text adventure, which was, the assignment was to write a text adventure. Little did they know that I'd always wanted to write a text adventure. So yeah. I went all out and I wrote a text adventure and we're gonna post the, um, the files up, but they're in <laughs> MIT scheme, which turns out yeah. that- um, You have to figure out how to get that running. We have to get that running. And, and you think, well, why don't you just run MIT scheme that's available from GNU. It turns out uh, whatever changes they made uh, to Athena scheme is slightly different. We're, we're getting there. I mean, we got it to load and now we have to kind of there's some things about like whether a list is empty when it's empty or it doesn't exist. I don't know. Some I think it's cool that this is like Lady Ada archaeology where I'll be able to... Uh, some of the oldest code I've written. Really? Available. Yeah. I mean, I, could, I think I could dig up some older code, yeah. but this is, you know, I unfortunately lost a hard drive that had a lot of... Before Dropbox, you know, it's like when you lost a hard drive, you really did lose yeah. everything. But um, very early code. But it's actually a funny game. Yeah, I'm going to upload it to archive.org. I've not had luck with archive.org recently, um, putting stuff on there, but we'll see. I will keep trying. Next up. So Adabox, uh, one year of Adabox is possible for you to get. We have less than 50 slots open. I get an email notification. Don't forget, it is Adabox edition. So that means the holiday edition, which we would normally try to get out by, you know, Christmas, is going to be shipping during a season. This season happens to be winter. This will be out January, February. Please, please, please get it now. There's going to be none left. It's the closest thing to like back orders that we have. Um, it'll be for a new product. It'll be really cool. And I think it's going to be one of our best ones yet. Adabox.com. Okay, help wanted. We are putting everybody Back to work in this country uh, when well, we're trying. Um, help wanted, jobs.adafruit.com. There are three jobs on the jobs board. There is an audio circuit it's contract. There's remote instructor for summer engineering program. That's with Blue Stamp Engineering. There is open source CircuitPython driver for NFC chip. Must include point to point communications. And another remote instructor position, which is for a summer engineering program. Do check this out, jobs.adafruit.com. We moderate all of them. We look at all of them. We make sure they're not scammy or sketchy or whatevers, and so do check it out. Or post your skills if you're looking to make some more coin, and I mean that is a physical money thing, not the other stuff. Okay. Let's do some Python on hardware news, Lady Anna. Mm-hmm. Okay, this week uh, I'm going to talk about the PyCast that the team did with Tom's Hardware soon. Um, I thought this was kind of cool. This is a retro RPN calculator emulator using the PyPortal Titano mm. with CircuitPython. And um, the user interface is mostly done. You're going to be able to see it later in action. But I, I like people building their own calculators. I like little gradient the, backgrounds. The cute. Yeah, it's the steps of building all of your own equipment. Um, topping your tree with a glowing, can you say this word? No. Rambi-cosidi. 
dodecahedron. Yeah. Anyways, powered by CircuitPython. Okay. Um, we have some uh, guides on upgrading to the latest version of Raspberry Pi Buster. Sorry, from Buster to Bullseye. Um, we have some Lego plates that we've posted. Um, we have a call for Moo translations. Do check that out. Also, breaking news: there's a new version of Moo. It's available for code with .moo. Um, next week, the guest editor. I'm back. Um, the restraining order is over. No, I'm back. I'm back to doing the newsletter. Originally, it was no. Anne's been doing it. Yeah, but, Anne's been doing you a know, great job. And great job. I promise you, it's gonna. So if if y'all know me, I, I did hack a day. And I did Engadget, and I did uh, Makezine, a lot of online authoring. And if you like black and white photos, if you like that style, if you lowercase. like if you like lowercase, if you like things a little edgy, a little artsy, a little gothy, you might like this newsletter that I'm doing. Yeah, the gothiest, the edgiest, the lowercaseiest. Yeah, and uh, if you want a preview of some of the stuff, you can go to my my personal Twitter, twittercom Tarone. And you can um, look at drawings or photos. Parrots. And uh, you can say mean things to me and dunk on me. Um, or you can enjoy the art. Or you can enjoy the art. Look at birds. And look at birds and um, some medical tests and stuff like that. It's kind of fun. I got some x-rays. Uh, everything's fine. Um, so next up, uh, what I did want to show and talk about is keyboard. Oink, oink. Yeah. Tick, tick. So Keyboard is what we're calling a whole series of keyboard-based products from Adafruit. So we have a KB2040, and it's the Pro Micro form factor. And um, the kind folks at Tom's Hardware had Dan and Jeff and Scott on the show um, that they do. So Lady Ada, what, what's the big deal about this Pro Micro key, keyboard thing? Well, the RP2040... Um, Why is it a pig? Because it's a, it's a keyb, but we don't want to call it keyb because a lot of people could say keyb, so we want to call it keyboard, which is a, a little pig with a key as its nose. Um, the KB2040 is an RP2040-based uh, board, so it's using this extremely fast, very powerful chip um, from the Raspberry Pi Foundation, uh, their first microcontroller, and we put it into a pro micro form factor um, with 20 GPIO pins. Um, we break out D plus and D minus as well. Um, so you can also, you know, use it for advanced USB configurations. And um, the idea here is that you can use this uh, design in existing macro pads and keyboards and upgrade it to use CircuitPython or MicroPython or Arduino. Um, and it's a big upgrade from the 324 that a lot of people use for keyboards. It, it runs out of memory very easily. Um, the 324 really only has, you know, 2K of RAM, 32K of flash. Whereas this chip has eight megabytes of flash and 256 or 264K of RAM. So a ton of memory um, and it's very fast, like 133 megahertz dual core. Okay. Um, right now there isn't QMK support, but I think it's coming. I think people are working on QMK support because so many people are building um, RP2040 base boards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also um, catch the whole thing. Uh, I yeah. condense this down to like 20 seconds, but it's about 30 minutes long and the entire crew's there and you'll be able to learn all about this and more. It's a deep dive, as they say, in the biz. Oh, it's also a dollar less. I want to make the KB2040 oh, cheaper than the micro, Ooh. the pro micro. But it has all the stuff you want, USB-C. Okay. And, and then I'd say our big news for the week in the world of uh, CircuitPython and more is uh, PyLeap app is available in the App Store. Congratulations, Yay. Trevor and Antonio and Scott and Kenny and, and Marcos and everyone who's been working on this. We have a guide. We have a blog post. It's in the App Store, um, and I'll get to one little note uh, in a second. Um, when you when you go, you can open it up. You could see all of the screenshots. You can get the description and more. Will we have an Android version? Yes. Don't be mean about it. Every single time we have an Android version, and then only two people download the Android version of something, but leading all the way up until that, they're just mean. So stop doing that. It doesn't help the other Android users. So anyways. We're doing this one first. Expect an Android version down the road, but we also have other ways to get things on Bluetooth hardware. You also use it. Well, you can use from Android from Chrome web browser. Yeah, from all sorts of things. Yeah. So we're going to make sure you're able to do everything all the time, everywhere from multiple devices. That's kind of our jam. 
Um, but there's this weird thing that comes up every single time, no matter what app we do. We released an Android version, and someone said, do you have an Android version? I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's an Android version. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm just used to asking that. Please don't do that. So um, that's everything in the world of Python on hardware. We deliver these to your inbox every single week. Get the newsletter that I'm going to be writing very soon. You can go to adafruitdaily.com. Search around. We're the only site that I know of at this point that respects Do Not Track. It's a separate website for newsletters. You can't get spam from us. You can try, but we're just not going to do it. And you go to Adafruit Daily, not adafruit.com, to get any of our newsletters. We wanted something completely separate so no one could ever say, y'all are spamming me. We just don't. Don't have those pop-ups. Don't do anything. And that's Python on Hardware News this week. That's what we're doing. Okay, lady, we're an open source hardware company. Um, I think Anne posted this up or is posting it up. It is the impact of open source software and hardware on the technological independence, competitiveness, and innovation in the EU economy. Check it out. It's a PDF. You can download it. You can share it. You can read the summary and more. Um, don't know if they're doing one for the US yet. But this is EU, so do check it out, and you can see what's going on with open source hardware and software and its impact in the EU. Speaking of, we have 2,601 guides. That's how I know we're an open source hardware company, because we get all these guides and code and stuff like that. Lady Ada, what is on the big board this week? Okay, we've got um, that guide uh, for the, you saw a little video from JP on um, you know, uh, making an interface for doing color correction on images. Uh, so we showed how to plug together various uh, STEM IQT boards to make a no solder control panel. Um, we've also got um, a guide on, um, can, you, um, can you make the... Do you want... Well, I can't read the text. You want it bigger? Yeah, can you, can you do that? Uh, the RGB no. matrix for circuit Python guide, uh, Jepler updated it. Um, I think uh, he added the RP2040 feather and um, RP, uh, sorry, the RGB matrix feather wing to uh, show how to use it. Or maybe it was the ESP32 S2 Metro with the, the shield, I don't remember. But we had another page. Um, we've also got a guide on the PyLab app. We do. We also have these. Um, Katni started out the guide for the QtPy ESP32 S2. There's more to come. Uh, Katni's on vacation. Um, but we got some files up just because people are always asking for schematics and pinouts and files. So that's up there. Carter did a guide on making a DIY USB trinky uh, that requires no soldering to make a uh, DIY air quality monitor with uh, humidity, temperature, uh, barometric pressure, and CO2. And then um, TAC uh, uh, wrote a quick guide on taking our NR52840 boards, whether that's a feather or a dongle, and turning it into a BLE sniffer. Uh, and you can install the firmware with UF2, which is super awesome because um, you don't need to use a JTAG uh, or JLink, um, to, a JTAG interface to load the firmware. Uh, you can just drag and drop it. There's a couple extra steps because the soft device needs to be updated as well, um, but he has written everything up for you. So uh, if you have an old, um, you know, blue fruit feather and you want to uh, turn it into a sniffer, it, here's a tutorial on how to do that. Okay. And uh, it wouldn't be a celebration of open source hardware without the place that makes it here, Adafruit. Let's look at uh, some factory footage, Lady Anna. Yes.
and wouldn't be main New York City factory footage without a time lapse from the Disney headquarters. That's uh, it's gone from large to loud. Uh, that's its thing now. It, initially, it was just large, and now it's uh, very loud. Um, and then one other note, because you know I have to fill up our show with uh, things, so I can send links to people later. So. We don't have hand models. Any hands that you see in any of our photos, it's people who work at Adafruit. Some of them have cool tattoos and scars and nails and all sorts of stuff. Um, these are real people who really work here. Stop saying we have like actors and hand models and no one really exists and, and birds aren't real and, and stuff like that. Okay, 3D printing. You want to do these back to back later? Yeah, let's do them back to back. Okay, we'll we're going to do these back to back. We've got the cool project that Pedro did this week, and yes. then we're going to do the speed up of the the most recommended masks to wear now that'll keep you safe from everybody else, from variants and people who may have variants. Yes. So uh, stay tuned for part one, which is the project, and then part two is the mask that everyone should print out and give it to their family and friends this holiday season. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making a visual light display with NeoPixels. We designed a lamp with edge-lit acrylic and added NeoPixel LEDs. It looks like a frame-by-frame -frame stop motion when each pixel is lit up one at a time. We thought it'd be fun to engrave some festive designs in different shapes. The acrylic panels are swappable, so you could use this to make all sorts of creative animations. For this project, we have it powered by the CutiePie RP2040 running Circuit Python. It uses just a single strip of NeoPixel LEDs with a total of 8 quarter inch thick acrylic panels. We engraved some snowflakes and letters, but you could do all sorts of fun arts and graphics. For any NeoPixel project, we like to use CircuitPython because it's easy to use the LED animation library. We strung together a few chase animations using the animation group module with each one having a different color. We set the timing to a quarter of a second so each panel has a little bit more time to be seen. The LED animation library makes trying out different settings really fast and easy. The LED strip is fitted into a 3D printed holder with each LED fitting into a little cavity. Our 3D printed holder keeps the LEDs isolated so the light doesn't leak into each other. The acrylic pieces feature tabs that are press fitted into slots that are on a separate holder. They're placed directly over the LEDs so they're nicely edge lit. The parts are made with PLA filament and they can be printed without any support material. All you need to build this project is a strip of NeoPixel LEDs and the CutiePie RP2040. The bottom cover features a built-in holder for the CutiePie and has special edges that snap fit into the 3D printed case. Each piece of quarter inch thick acrylic features a 20mm tab for slotting into the 3D printed holder. The assembly is modular with the parts snap fitting together. I designed the holders for the LED strip and acrylic to be parametrically driven. This means updating the pixel count will add or remove slots from the design so it's easily scalable. The CAD files are free to download, links are in the description. We hope this inspires you to check out the CutiePie RP2040 in CircuitPython for your next light up project. From everyone at Adafruit Industries, happy holidays and happy new year. Forget on Wednesdays, learn how to make all this stuff and more. Don't Pedro, 3D Hangouts. Okay, Lady Ada, it's almost time for you guessed it. INMPI, but first up, Recoda's Resurrections because it's uh, Matrix Four tonight. That's what we're gonna watch right after this. All right, let's uh, let's do this. Ready? Yep. 
I brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Thank you, DigiKey. Every single week we show the latest, the greatest, the eye on new product introductions. This week is from TDK. Lady Ada, what is this week's NPI? Okay, this week's NPI, like we mentioned, is from TDK. We had them for their little sensor bugs. So this is their, they're coming back. Do have one of the coolest logos. We see it in Times Square, the TDK sign is pretty sweet. This is, I want to just make sure I get the part number right, the BCS4430B6. This is a series of ultra-thin, ultra-flexible solar cells uh, for use with indoor electronics to power your IoT, your portable or wearable electronics. Uh, using smart stuff. From lights uh, inside a building. So um, this is what it looks like. These are amorphous cells, and this one um, is uh, I think like 44 millimeters by 30 millimeters, that's the name. And it's got um, six cells. You can even see all six cells, uh, you know, one by one in this picture. And then it's super flexible and I'll show it on the overhead. Uh, maybe uh, I'll do that now before I get into it. Let's do it now. Okay, so this is the uh, solar cell. So it's amorphous, so it's ultra flexible, and it's incredibly thin. It's uh, 0.2 millimeters. It's basically as thin as a piece of paper, and it feels about as thin as a, like a thin piece of plastic or paper. And um, on the back are uh, you know these two points that you can connect to to make electrical contact. And even indoors, um, just with the fluorescent lights here, uh, you can see it's lighting up this LED uh, quite nicely. So this is. Um, extremely, extremely skinny and extremely flexible, uh, you know, paper-like uh, solar cell. And uh, it can be you know, easily bonded or soldered into your project to give yourself some power, even from indoors. I mean, of course, it'll yeah. work great outdoors, but it's designed even to work with indoor lighting, which is That's not that bright, good. to be honest. Uh, so this is the BCS series. So they can make them, you know, in custom sizes and shapes. Um, but the, the goal of this one is just to make ultra thin, ultra light. Um, you know, one of the, uh, you know, suggested use cases is like a credit card type thing. Something so thin uh, that could go in into, um, uh, a, you know, a wallet or it goes into a wearable. Something that has to move around a lot so you can't use a um, fixed monocrystalline cell. Um, this one will give you um, about, you know, 4.2 volts open circuit, around 2.6 volts, you know, running circuit and um, operating current about 30 uh, microamps of current. So, yes, these are, you know, very, very small and thin. Um, they don't give you a lot of current, but uh, depending on your circuit, you might be able to either charge up, you know, a super cap or use a, um, you know, buck boost converter or whatever to convert that ultra low amount of current into something usable. Um, you can get these in custom sizes, even a circular size, uh, customizable number of cells. So, if, you know, this if for your product, if you need a lot uh, and you don't want to cut it down to size, of course, you can you cut this with scissors. But let's say you're like, I want to come with a you know, particular size, you can uh, get them customized. Um, and so what this reminded me of was, you know, when you had a solar calculator yeah. and, you know, you would, I had one of these and they were great. I actually preferred to the battery one because the battery would always die. Um, yeah. But with the solar one, you, know, you sometimes would have to hold it up to the light for a few seconds to kind of get the internal capacitor charged. Um, but I found that they worked quite well. Um, and that's the same idea here is that this is for, um, you know, ultra low power electronics. It's going to have to be designed to use uh, a solar panel. But of all the energy harvesting techniques that I've heard of, like, you know, piezoelectric um, or thermal, solar is kind of the most like inexpensive, reliable and well understood. Um, people who are always like, oh, I want to charge something based off of the motion of a person. It's like that's actually really yeah. hard to do. And piezoelectric, usually you have to press a lot harder than you think. Like it's not very comfortable. With a solar, um, you know, it's, it's trickle charging, but there's always going to be light around. Um, so, you know, if you can work within the constraints of the uh, low current, uh, you're good to go. Um, for people who've never used solar panels, they're kind of weird because they're, they're diodes running in reverse, basically. You know, instead of, um, you know, an IV curve going the opposite way, they go the positive way because there's, there's positive power going out, not going in. Um, and the, the operating curve does change with light levels. So um, this is a diagram from, from a linear tech uh, MPPT controller, and it's not for this panel, but um, 
you can see the green line as you get more sunlight or ambient light. Um, you see the curve gets taller and taller and taller, the how much current you can get out. And then the blue line is the max power. And so you notice that there's this kind of this sweet spot uh, called the max power point, which is kind of at the tip of the curve, just as, you, as it starts to uh, sink down. Um, so, it, you know, using a, a solar panel, you can't just treat it as a voltage source or a current source, it's kind of in the middle. You want to, um, it'll give you a voltage, but as you draw more and more current, the voltage will start to collapse. Um, so what you want to do is use just enough current that the voltage has started to collapse a little bit, that'll give you um, the max power. And so one thing to say is if you're going to use these um, your little solar cells, you do have to design your circuitry and your power supply to take advantage of this and use it intelligently. Um, uh, this is the, um, you know, the curves for this particular um, panel. You, know, you can see the different illumination levels uh, based on lux and the voltage and current you're going to get out. Um, you know, one thing you can do is, one, just design your circuit to use you know, under 30 microamps of current, uh, depending on what your circuit is. Um, like a calculator, you can design an ASIC to, to use less than that much power. Second thing is you can have it trickle charge a super cap or um, a, a primary, or sorry, secondary battery, a rechargeable battery. It slowly, slowly trickle charges the battery capacitor when it gets to a certain voltage, it turns on your circuit, and then it runs. That could be good for IoT where, um, you know, a little sensor or something lives in a room. It only has to send the, the temperature or humidity data every 10, 15 minutes. So it slowly, slowly charges, you know, 30 microamps at a time, charges up the super cap, super cap uh, gets to three volts or 3.5 volts, whatever. Um, the circuit turns on, depletes the capacitor um, while it's uh, submitting that data or sending that data over a radio, and then uh, turns back off. Third option is to use something like this. It's like a, a specialized chip. Uh, it's gonna cost a little bit more, but this is designed specifically for energy harvesting and is designed to use these ultra small, ultra thin solar panels. Um, you can't just use an everyday LiPoly charger chip. It has to be something that knows how to deal with, again, this, this IV curve where the max power point is as the voltage start to collapse. And usually you set the max current or the max, you know, the cutoff voltage using uh, resistors or capacitors um, on these chips. And then they can charge up a uh, battery for you or, or a super cap for you. Um, and they'll do it in a way that's a, a lot more efficient than just a plain trickle charger. Okay, and in stock. And uh, good news, there's 32 of these in stock and they're available on DigiKey. Here's a short URL. Sorry, there you go. And then the part um, number. But very neat. I do see, I, I will say, you know, people who want to use, um, who want to do IoT projects, they want to make smart rooms. Solar panels really, you know, as long as you have the power supply designed for it, they last decades. They're very reliable. Um, they are, you know, they just work off of whatever light they've got. Um, just be aware that they, they'll give you a lot less current than you think. Whatever amount of current you think you're going to get, it's about a tenth of that. But as long as you can work with that, you're good to go. You sound like an advocate for Big Sun. I am. The lobbyist. Biggest, the bigger big, sun. Big solar. Big lux. Um, okay, so that's Ion MPI. I'm going to do a couple questions immediately afterwards, then we're going to go into a new product because there's okay. a couple questions that have something to do with this. So we'll see you on the other side of this, and that is this week's Ion MPI. Ion MPI. Okay, I'm going to add these questions real quick, and then we're going to do a new product. Mm. So, um, would you be able to recharge a, a small lipo with a solar cell like that? And then, uh, how would it work with a tree ornament? You let the tree lights charge the ornament. I think that would work. Tree lights are really, really dim. You really want to have ambient lighting um, because it has to hit the whole um, front of the the panel. But yes, you could use this to trickle charge a, a small lipo. Yeah, I think on a tree because a lot of people have it in front of a window. Yeah, the window would be a good. And then you charge up the things all throughout the good day. Good option. That'd be, that'd be kinda cool. That'd okay. be kinda cool. So let's uh, remind everyone, Resurrections, it's code, because we're gonna watch the Matrix. Tonight, um, let's do new products, Lady Ada. Okay. Sing your song. It's time for new, it's time for new, 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 Okay, first up, uh, I'm going to do my little bit, which is go to adafruit.com slash gift certificates because it's probably too late to get that gift. Get a gift certificate. It works. They never expire. We don't do anything weird. We don't harvest the email. We don't spam the person getting it. Um, you can print out. We have, like, a printout that you can do. Um, get a gift certificate from Adafruit. It's great. 
Adafruit.com slash certificates. <laughs> You're really selling it there. <laughs> well, it is. It is. It's just like, what should I do? And a lot of people are like, what do, what do I get someone who likes electronics? So I'm just like, get them a gift certificate from Adafruit. Yeah. Um, let's uh, kick off the new products. What's this? Okay, we've got a felt carrying case. So this is, I think, designed for either a book or a keyboard. But you know what it fits really well? The uh, Raspberry Pi 400. Um, if you have a Pi 400, uh, you know, you want to keep it safe while you're moving it uh, to and from school or a workshop. Um, we have a zipper case, but this felt case was inexpensive um, and works very well. It has um, a little uh, a, a flexi strap piece and uh, some nice felt um, that is, you know, it's not waterproof, but it's water resistant. It's a nice case. It's nice and padded. It will keep your keyboard or your uh, Raspberry Pi 400 nice and safe. Next up. We've got another Molex power cable pair. So you get a socket and a plug uh, and they plug together. And I think altogether it's uh, 20 centimeters, 10 centimeters each. This one has um, eight connectors and uh, you know, they just match up. You have you know, red on one side, red on the other, pink, pink, yellow, yellow. Um, great whenever you have something that needs you know, a little bit of current, a little bit of power uh, and you want nice um, free hanging connectivity. I like these super Fine pitch is 1.25 millimeter pitch. Yeah, these are nice. Okay, and then next up we have a tour of boards that are somewhat uh, related to each other, sort of, kind of. They're up. all similar, but they're not the same. So this is the ESP32 S3 dev board um, with eight megabytes of flash, and I can't remember how much PS RAM. Yeah. Um, Let me check the product page. I think eight, sorry, eight megabytes of flash, eight megabytes of PS RAM. So this is the most you can get with the S3. You get two USB ports, one native, one reprogramming, um, plugs into your breadboard or, or whatnot. And um, it's just a very powerful S3 board. The S3 is very new. Um, so just be aware of that. Uh, it's, uh, we're adding CircuitPython support. I think Arduino support isn't there as of this video, but it might, Come in over the next few weeks. Yeah. Okay. So that's the S3. It's the next biggest dev board. Up. Now this is a C3 dev board. The USB32 C3 is um, a RISC-V chip, and so it has a lot fewer pins. Uh, I, will, I will warn you about that. This does have eight megabytes of flash, no PS RAM. Um, the C3 does have Arduino support and ESP IDF. I don't know that it's supported in CircuitPython. I don't think it's supported in. Uh, MicroPython either. Um, we're not really planning on adding CircuitPython support, but uh, there is Arduino support and it's RISC-V. If you want to play with RISC-V, um, this is kind of a great way to do so because you get like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth um, with it. It's got the little USB serial uploading and debugging port and you get a couple GPIO pins. Again, not a lot of GPIO pins, um, but nothing you can start experimenting and of course it's got wireless as well. All right, and then this is a giant T-shirt sized one that's uh, you know. actually wear. It looks like yeah. a t-shirt, but this is the, the no. uh, ESP32 Warum DA. The DA stands for dual antenna. Um, so this is an ESP32 uh, Warum. So it's the, um, not the S2, it doesn't have native USB. It's like this classic ESP32, but it's two antennas and it has the antenna selector built in already. So um, what it's designed for is to always get good antenna performance, even if your normal PCB antenna isn't aligned um, with the source because, you know, one antenna, if the signal happens to be perpendicular to it, um, you're going to get very low signal strength. But if you have two antennas, you'll be perpendicular to one, you're going to be right in line with the other. So you're going to get um, really good signal strength. It's gonna, you're going to have a much better time and it's, it's basically for free. You just have two antennas and a little selector. So it's a very inexpensive way to double the chances of having a good signal strength for your ESP. 32. It does have this funky shape though. Um, so just you'll watch out that your PCB layout uh, will work with this design. Um, but I think the antenna switchover is probably done transparently for you. So you can just treat it like an ESP32 uh, and get better signal strength for free. Okay. And then the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our community, our customers, and everyone hanging out is. Burr, 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 burr. Yes. It's finally here, another Cutie Pie, the third in our Cutie Pie family, the ESP32 S2 Cutie Pie, which brings some so much expressive this week. This is the ESP32 S2, which is a single core tensilica Wi-Fi processor. 
Um, it's a lot like the ESP32, but it doesn't need a USB to serial converter chip, which means we can make it so small that it fits in uh, something that's like smaller this than a quarter. This is the tiniest board ever. It's so small. Um, so there's an ESP32 S2. There is a USB Type-C connector for uh, uploading and powering. There's a Stemic UT port, so you can plug and play, add I2C sensors. It's got um, 13 GPIO total, 11 on pads, and... Um, it's so small we have to force the overhead to refocus. I know, it just... It the not. overhead is shocked. Okay. Um, How is it so small? It's so small. So you've got uh, analog, I think almost every one of these pins has analog, um, but there's like four dedicated analog here, two pins that are labeled for I2C, there's a second I2C port on the Stemic UT, so you've got like another two pins. Um, hardware UART, hardware SPI pins on the high-speed SPI port, uh, which means that these three pins cannot do analog. They're the only three pins that don't because the high-speed SPI is worth it. It's, it's amazing. It's like, you know, some ridiculous megahertz, like 60 or 80 megahertz. Um, so to connect to TFTs or, or some devices, um, very, very high speed. You've got the boot button and the reset button. Uh, the boot button can also be used as a user button. There's a regulator. There's a little NeoPixel um, right here that glows rainbow or whatever. You can use it for signaling. Uh, there's a ceramic antenna on the top. And on the bottom, uh, you've got the ESP32 S2 chip uh, with the crystals and passes a lot of 0402s. The antenna goes out here. Uh, and here is two more pads for battery input, and this is diode protected, so you can have, you know, that we're using the seed Xiao pinout, and they kind of decided that the five volt line was output, not input, and so you'd have to use a diode and whatever. But basically, if you want to connect a battery up, you can connect to these two pads, and they're battery protect, they're diode protected. So when you plug in USB, you're not going to damage the USB or the the battery um, from that. And it's got castellated pads, and it's super small, and uh, you can use it with Arduino or CircuitPython. It's got four megabytes of flash and two megabytes of PSRAM. So I was waiting to release this until I could get the chips that had the PSRAM, because that two megabytes of PSRAM is and so it's handy. it's Wi-Fi. This is amazing. So tiny. And it's, it's Wi-Fi. Wi and okay. um, yeah. it's in stock now. I even put in a little bit right before the show to yeah, make sure inside. we had some. Okay. So pick some up. Um, and that's, uh, that's no problem. Yay. Okay, uh, let's do a couple questions um, as, uh, as we do the top secret. So go over to discordatafruit.it slash discord. We'll get to those. We're going to do some top secret uh, in a sec. So Lady Ada, yeah. uh, the questions that, that, that happened during the chat. Um, so for the CP2102, the C3 doesn't have USB natively. That's why CircuitPython is yeah, always off. It we, have a, we have a version. We have things that we're working on. I think it does have it, it does have some it says that's built in USB, but it's not native USB. It's it's got like a built in JTAG or something. So yeah, we're not really planning on supporting the C3. Um, our next chip is probably the S3. Okay. Uh, next up, looks like a form factor. Does the BME two eighty run hot on the ESP thirty two S two feather? The HT20 on the funhouse tends to run five degrees Celsius higher than the off-board temperature sensor. So anytime you have any sensor on a board, it's going to heat up. However, if you look at the ESP32 S2 Feather tutorial, we show how you can turn on the board from deep sleep, read the sensor, send data online, and then turn off the board for a couple minutes um, so that you never get an ambient temperature increase. Okay, we're going to do one more question, then we're going to do top secret. Uh, Cutie Pie... ESP32 S2 design questions. The learn guy says up to six volts. Can you use four AA or AAA batteries or a stick three batteries since new batteries output a little over 1.6 volts each? That's right. If, you're, if your voltage, your new fresh batteries are over 1.5 volts, you just want to make sure that the total number is under six. Oh, I'll answer this one. Adafruit, will you please have a happy as holiday season as possible? Yes. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, we're doing really good. I mean, you know, we're, uh, we're pieced together and uh, skidding across the finish line, all scars, but... Who wants to arrive at the destination perfectly pristine? I like my cracks and scars. Okay, let's do uh, some top secret. Okay, Lady Ada, first up, uh, I'm gonna show a picture and then we're gonna do three videos and then you're gonna show something. Mm -hmm. So first up, we saw Liz. Yay. Hey, Liz. 
it's Liz. Undisclosed location somewhere. But we did. We saw Liz. But you can tell if there's a new carpet. So you'll see Liz coming. somewhere. And we were all masked up. You can tell. Yeah, that guy wasn't in the background. Yeah. Shame on him. Um, and then I'm going to show three videos back to back to back of some upcoming stuff. And then you're going to show the Scorpio board. So stick around, folks. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, this is how we're going to test the Cutie Pie ESP32 S2s. I'm using a Raspberry Pi to do the test. Um, and that's because I can run ESP tool really easily over USB to program um, using the built-in DFU bootloader. I'm going to use a GPIO pin to toggle the boot and reset lines to do that. Um, and ESP tool um, compresses the firmware, so it's really the fastest way to upload um, a bunch of code to an ESP32. And then I run a self-test, and um, one thing that I do because it's got an antenna is I have an access point created on the ESP32 S2 Cutie Pie. And on the Raspberry Pi, I do a uh, WPA CLI scan and I look for the access point and then um, check the signal. Uh, my hand's in the way, so it's 50, but usually it's about 40. So that means the um, antenna got soldered on correctly and this has passed test. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Okay, so I'm just about to get ready to release the ESP32 S2 TFT feather. I actually ordered PCBs and then realized that I was not depowering the I2C pull-ups to uh, peripherals, which meant they were getting back-powered, which changed the low power draw. So now I'm like really testing the heck out of it. I got this big, chunky PM2.5 sensor connected to I2C. You can also see I'm testing turning the backlight on every second. And here's my power graph. So you can see the big power spike when that PM25 sensor turns on. And then um, this is low sleep mode, which is about you know one milliamp and then deep sleep mode let's zoom all the way in is about 80 microamps which is as low as you're going to get um that actually uh, is the lowest power deep sleep mode that you can get on the esp32 s2 so this is ready to order be in the store soon what is this? Hey, there's a lot of stuff going on on my desk right now. First up, I've got this MCP 23017 breakout and uh, I got my tester PCB. I have a new thing now where um, when I order my PCBs from uh, uh, JLC PCB, I get the prototype for the panel and I also get the tester PCB at the same time. So that way I put it together and then I just wrote some code that uh, it's really fast, but it actually tests like every pin and GPIO and the I2C address and it it uh, beeps when it tests. And then I'm also checking out some samples of pink PCBs. So we uh, got our first batch of pink PCBs from uh, PCBWay, but our um, standard PCB house can also make pink PCBs. So they sent us some Pantone Pentone chip like samples. These are actually PCB, but with the color. So going forward, we'll have two possible suppliers for these beautiful pink PCBs. Don't forget, free with your order, $99 or more. Okay, and then you have uh, a new board that we're coming out with, Scorpio. Yeah, it's the RP2040 Scorpio. You came up with this name. It's an amazing name. Oh, so it's this an amazing is, board. It's an amazing board. It's an RP2040 Feather with um, eight GPIO that are buffered outputs um, to give five volt logic levels. So this would be really good for driving um, many addressable LEDs. Um, it's also got uh, I2C port and a little NeoPixel um, and some cool graphics and, uh, and uh, eight megabytes of flash here. Um, but with the PIO peripheral on the RP2040, it's really good at um, driving addressable LEDs very, very fast and using DMA and uh, not requiring any weird timer stuff. You kind of just set it and forget it. Um, it's very, very cool. So um, this is a board specifically designed um, to make that easy to do. And that's top secret. Um, you can choose to answer this question if you wish. So... Is there going to be a Stemma connector on this board? Yes, maybe, there's maybe, one. Maybe vertical. Yeah, there's one yes. right here. But you can see on the, the guide. Like a vertical one will be like a stinger. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could look like a little scorpion thing. Check, okay. You can check it. I don't, it's hard to see here because it's so shiny, but check out the blog post. All right. Me. I'll answer this question from the other chat. Um, oh, should I? You know, I should do this. I should be like... Hey, look, we're doing questions in Discord. Oh, yeah, we're doing questions in Discord. We're doing questions in Discord. We're doing questions in Discord. Join all 32,000 of us. Group.id slash Discord. Um, so this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break my rule a little bit because I see this in the other chat. 
Uh, amateur radio ham operator would like to learn more about the makerspace. This may be a tough question, however. Where do I start? Is there a good starter kit? How about RPI? So I would not start with a Raspberry Pi. I would start with something like the Circuit Playground Express or something that is Arduino compatible. Circuit Playground Express does it all. So I would start with that because that'll get you into like, oh, I want to do a bunch of projects really fast where I think when you're coming from um, ham radio world, it's more like here's a bunch of protocols first. And the projects in the maker world, take a look at learn.adafruit.com. There's over 2,600, hey, kind of ham radio sounding, 2,600 um, guides. Check those out. And then later on, I would say as you get more advanced, there's a collision course with a lot of the ham radio stuff, a lot of Raspberry Pi stuff, a lot of um, Arduino, CircuitPython related stuff. There's lower radio stuff, but that's what I would do. I'd start with that. Okay. Everybody likes pink. Great. Everyone likes pink. Yay. Uh, have we ever thought of doing uh, tutorial videos for YouTube? Yeah, we check it out. Lots of tutorial videos on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Adafruit. So many. We have shows. tons. However, YouTube does not promote and spotlight uh, women STEM companies. It's like a fact. Yeah. So, because uh, we've asked and they're just like, well, if you did like makeup tutorials. So sometimes it's hard to find our stuff. Um, you'll find plenty of like lizard creatures and birds aren't real stuff, but. It's harder to find uh, STEM stuff. It just is. And I hope they continue to work on that. I know there's some good people working on it. I hope they continue to do that. OK, uh, next, uh, BA for buffered outputs and PIO question. Uh, it's so neat that you show boards. You make the test uh, new upcoming products. Can you share how long, in general, those takes to code and hardware design? Um. It depends on the difficulty, um, but you know the good news is that I build on existing ones. So um, it usually takes me, you know, uh, two or three days on some of the more tougher testers. A lot of times, it's trying to figure out how to test what I'm trying to test. Um, but an easy breakout board like that MCP twenty three zero one seven. Um, designing the tester took like an hour, and then I order the PCB right after I order the panel, and then because um, I kind of know how to test it, it's it's pretty straightforward because I just test the GPIO. And then writing the code for it also takes like, you know, maybe two hours. Yeah. And then, you know, um, one of the things that someone mentioned, just to get back to the previous question, uh, for the person asking about, like, they're coming from a ham radio background. So if you start with a Pi, it is, there is like an OS. There is like a ton of stuff you have to do before you even get started. Yeah. Where if you pick up a little bit of Python and you do things, REPL, and you do things in like CircuitPython, you're instantly doing stuff immediately and you're seeing what you're doing and you're not compiling you're not waiting you're not downloading you're doing everything instant so that might give you that like special five minute like oh my gosh i got something done i want to keep doing more okay uh yeah bluefruit version is a good one to try too okay and i think i think i think i think lady ada i think that is uh Okay. That's wonderful. Okay. That's our show. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We will see you uh, next week. Special thanks to Jesse May behind the scenes. He's doing a bunch of stuff in our chat. Oh, do we'll do one more. Any plans for new PowerBoost 2000C with more amp output for NeoPixel projects? Um, that's harder than you think because there's not a lot of batteries that will give you the current you need. So it's it's not an easy problem to solve. It isn't okay. just like get a bigger chip. There's a lot of Good answer. underlying issues that come up with that. Okay. Uh, and again, special thanks to all of our team, the community, everyone who's purchasing stuff. When you purchase stuff tonight, for sure, it's going into our bonus and profiteering account because that's how we do stuff here. Do check adafruit.com slash free. We still have some pink boards. You get free stuff. Do it, do it, do it. Just be aware of the shipping deadlines. We thank you so much for sticking with us over the last 18 months and more. We've been doing this for like a decade. We're going to go and watch The Matrix um, because it is what one does if you run an electronics company. Um, I'm also going to take home my record that I got. This is the reissue of Hackers. And um, this is the one that came out later. So there's more stuff and bonus material. More Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot more of stuff. More Johnny Miller. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. And there's some extra bonusy things. And so this is going more to. More putting the thing in that place that they put that thing that one time. Yeah. And then the other thing that came in the mail is the princess with power tools. Uh, this is 
the calendar for 2022. Starring some of our favorite yeah. princesses. So this with power is tools. 12 inspiring women and individuals in the STEM and the trades. So you can check this out and more. And uh, got a Scarlet Witch in there. What's going on? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I guess she, she's technically a Disney princess, I guess you could say that. The lines are getting blurred. I mean, she's thrown by Disney now. Yeah. Okay. Right. We'll see everybody uh, next week. We're going to keep doing this. Thank you so much. Have happy holidays. Please happy stay holidays. safe, everybody. And, uh, you know, continue okay. to be wicked smart. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. This is a Native Fruit production. Here is your moment of Zener.